What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 80 of the College Loop Podcast. Getting pretty daggum close to the episode 100. Yeah, we're getting up there. It's going to make it real hard to come up with titles now, because now we're going to have one less character to use for the titles on YouTube. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Uh, Start off, Daniel, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Um, Good to be back. No, I didn't miss last episode. For some reason, I thought I did. Yeah, you were here. uh, Yeah, I was here. Uh, We're here. It's a... It's a lovely day. I'm ready to talk some Auburn sports and um, not about a certain pop star I'm a very big fan of. Jesus Christ. All right. Tar, how you doing, buddy? You missed last episode. How you doing? Sunburn and baseball. That's the only thing going on in my life right now. Um, I really wish that I could have been on the Thursday show last week. Uh, we had a company outing. And I took some interns to uh, the Atlanta United game, which was super cool. Electric draw, like game tying goal in the 96th minute and extra time. It was pretty sick. Um, would have loved to have been here. But team teamwork really important, and having the opportunity to you know really help out and teach some of these interns is, is a blessing. So I really have to take take every advantage I can to try to learn from them and vice versa, right? So uh, it's a balance, it's balance. But I'm super super happy to be back here in the college loop. This is our our, our project child. So well, don't worry, Tara, because uh, we cannot do the DB preview until you are available. That Thank is God. per you. We're not allowed to talk about any corners or safeties on the show. Yeah, I'll run my head through a wall. <laughs> But yeah, just to talk about start off with some. I don't know if it's like breaking news, just like some nice little cool news. Uh, Auburn football is now less than 250 season tickets away from their all time record, which was in 2017, which was the year Auburn beat Alabama and Georgia at home. Beat the crap out of both. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say beat the crap out of Bama. It was like 26 to 14. For an Iron Bowl that Auburn wins, I feel like that's beating the crap out of. Well, it it didn't feel like a win Are, at the end of the game when come on when, when Carryon Johnson got knocked out of that game. It, 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 that there hurt. were it was a there were nails being bitten. Yeah, and uh, okay. if only he didn't play that second half, let Cam Martin eat a little bit. Uh, Auburn had it in the bag, and Auburn might have been SC champs in twenty seventeen. Coach Cam Martin. What? Oh yeah, known <laughs> known coaching legend. UCF running back coach Cam Martin. Also, another cool little running back coach fact uh, before we get into the rest of the show. Carryon Johnson also is now the running backs coach, I think. No, not running backs coach. I think he's the director of player development or something like that at UNA. Yep. So UNA now ha- now houses Carryon Johnson and Deshaun Davis. So cool, cool little tidbit. The right is in that front office for sure. Exactly. They're filling <laughs> Auburn is UNAU in the coaching staff, one might say. Right, that's right. <laughs> And then just to go into 24-7 sports and keep them on your on your brain because we're going to keep talking about them for a little bit after our Sanford preview, so keep your ears out for that. 24-7 has released their prediction for what Auburn is going to go record-wise in the year 2023, this year, year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, they have predicted Auburn to go 7-5. and five. And <laughs> I was going to go through the wins in a second, but I'm going to predict – I'm also going to show that they predicted Auburn to go to the Birmingham Bowl – so you can expect the college loop in Beeham at their local pub, maybe. <laughs> Where we spent it's our free, free promo and it's free, we're on our way back. <laughs> Where we spent our last Auburn football game as students, right? As students. That's right. No, not as students. Wait, we had twenty twenty two. No, my man, that was December of twenty twenty one. Really? God, that feels we're so that old. we're that old. I'm going to need to go to that pub tonight. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, they play Memphis is where Auburn predicted to finish up playing Memphis in the Birmingham Bowl. Last time those teams met, they played in 2015 Birmingham Bowl. Where Auburn Bowl. went 31 to 10. And they beat Paxton Lynch, NFL legend, uh, Denver Broncos legend, and known for being six foot seven. But yeah, just to run through the, I'm gonna, without looking at the at the rundown, I want y'all to guess. I don't know if y'all have already like studied it or not. Guess the losses. There's five. For Auburn, I presume, yes. yeah. Sorry, I was about to say I, Sam Fred could probably come up with a number, but uh, <laughs> let's see. For Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss. And Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss. And I'm going to lock in number five being something stupid like Arkansas. You got four out of five. Daniel, you want to give it a crack? I'm looking at it right now. Sorry. I well, yeah, dad gum cheater. So, Tar, you've missed out on A&M. Just... I'm messing with you. So, losses <laughs> are at A&M, Georgia, at LSU, at Arkansas, and, of course, Alabama. And leaving those wins to be UMass, at Cal, Sanford, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, at Vanderbilt, and, of course, the hardest game on the schedule, New Mexico State. <laughs> well, let's give 247 props where credit's due. We've always said that 247 was the best at predicting the Auburn-Cal game. Uh, we we, 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 we've literally always said that, and, uh, and 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 they're just helping our case here. So, oh, for sure. And just to go through one of these, we've already predicted two of these wins to happen. Uh, we, we at this current point in the game by game preview series, Auburn is two and zero, and of course on track to go fifteen and zero based on our records as it stands right now. One could assume, <laughs> but just to start the preview, Auburn is going into week three. At home, and I think this one is a so this one's a two thirty kick or six o'clock six thirty kick, I believe. Six thirty kick, my man. It is a six thirty kick. It goes two thirty, nine thirty, and of course six thirty. So this one you get to. I have to wait for that two thirty kick in September. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, smells like body odor and sunburn. And a little fun fact about the Sanford game: Auburn all time. It's 28-0-1 against the Sanford Bulldogs. That one tie coming in 1927, where they yeah, came in at 9-9. And the last <laughs> time these two teams met, Auburn won 52-0 in 2019. Which, fun fact about that game as a whole, is where Jackson McFadden got his first career reception for four yards. And in Monsoon. Also, Auburn got the privilege of now with the rain. This could have been a little bit of a, an electrical electrical like uh, safety hazard. They plugged in the cord. Um, cord Sandberg got to play the entire <laughs> third and half of the fourth quarter. Um, cord Sandberg, one of my favorite stories in the history of, of Auburn athletics. That's a true story. Uh, and, and, but that's just a fun little tidbit. Uh, cord Sandberg, I think, had two tutties that game. Yes, he did. I do remember that game because it was, it was. It's always fun when the backups get in. And nothing's better than fun when Cord got to play. It was really fun when Cord got to play. Oh, and especially when all uh, all first team SEC uh, holder Jack McFadden got his first career reception. Uh, another fun fact: so Sanford is an FCS team, if you did not know. So let that build into what our prediction might be in a second. They're pretty. They're good FCS team. Uh, they went eleven and two last year with losses to Georgia and North Dakota State University in the quarterfinals of the FCS playoff. Lost to Georgia thirty-three to zero to a team that went 
to win on to win their second national championship in a row. All things considered, not that bad. Not that bad of a loss. I think Georgia looked really bad that game. I think that was a game that I thought Stetson Bennett should have got benched after the halftime just because he didn't look good against Sanford. As we finally um, continue. Uh, it still beats me how he got there. I think he was undefeated. Uh, the only player I have to watch is Sanford quarterback. Uh, Michael Hires. Hires. This is your three for him, right? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, and his stats from last year, 3,500 passing yards, 36 tutties. I think six interceptions. I think I write it down. 77% completion percentage. Rush for 163 yards, three tutties on the ground. And that's the SoCon Offensive Player of the Year. Where might be playing the wrong Southern Conference? <laughs> Dude, uh, I'm, I'm kind of half not joking, fellas. <laughs> well, I mean, Auburn could have probably used a quarterback early on in the transfer portal. So, but luckily, they did end up getting their guy in Pac- and Peyton Thorne, who might not end up being the starter anyways by the time this game comes around. Uh, just a little fun tidbit. Uh, do y'all have anything on this game? Uh, this game's kind of it's one of those hard ones to preview because FCS you can't find anything on it anywhere. Well, it's a, it's a buy game. Uh, when I say that, I mean I'm not talking BYE. I'm talking BUY, where you pay a small school out outside of the FBS to come essentially lose to you. And, and every now and then you'll see an FCS team upset an FBS team, and that's like the ultimate holy sh- what do we do wrong here kind of moment. But uh, this feels like a, a a an opportunity for Auburn to hang fifty. Uh, to, to, to me, and that's that's no slight to Samford. I, I, I call a lot of Samford athletics actually. Come as as I work for ESPN Plus and the SoCon. Uh, no slight to them. They they actually have the cream of the crop when it comes to FCS talent, but it's not the SEC, and uh, it's uh, I don't I don't foresee this being. I, I don't think they get blanked. I, I really don't. I have a hard time believing, given the state of Samford football, I, I really really don't think they get blanked. I think they'll hang 10, 13. Uh, but I, but I like Auburn to hang forty five plus just because it's one of those kind of kind of we have to make a statement early in the year kind of kind of moments for for Hugh Freeze and company. So uh, Daniel, I don't know where your your head's at here, but this one feels like this could get ugly in a hurry. Probably should get ugly in a hurry, and uh, will probably be a snooze fest of a six thirty kick. Um, after the Georgia State game my freshman year, I don't I don't uh, I don't look past anybody. Um, after the Georgia State game, your fre- that was our senior year, bro. All right, come on now. Uh, I mean, this uh, is yeah. a game. This is a game leading into the SEC slate. Uh, after this game, you go to College Station the very next week, and uh, hopefully, Auburn's three and zero by the time this game is over with. Because uh, you're going, you have UMass at Cal, and then you come back home to Sanford, which is just going to be a little pickup game to get you ready for College Station. And well, you say that. Auburn swag served Mercer last year. Yeah. Uh, so that's last, the state of the potato man. Uh, uh, agreed. But also, you can't take these FCS opponents lightly. I mean, look what the Citadel did to Alabama a couple years ago. I mean, they didn't, didn't obviously, they wound up getting thumped. But going into halftime, everyone's like, what the hell is going on in Tuscaloosa? It's one of those that you can't look past it, but it also kind of always looks a, a little uglier than it should just for the sole purpose of your playbook's not open yet. Mm-hmm. Auburn will open it up a good bit, probably 70% against Cal, assuming things go the way that they think it can. But until game four, you're not going to go and see an open, uh, a wide open playbook. So yeah, that's something to keep in mind there, just to keep your keep your panic reactions in check. 
I mean, 20, 2011, uh, the year after the national championship, Sanford actually put up a little bit of a fight against Auburn. It was 37 to 16 was that final score. So Sanford can put up a fight if Auburn lets them. And the key to this game is don't let them. Uh, and I mean, Sanford can. Oh, yeah, Colin, I almost forgot about that one. <laughs> 2021, Sanford actually beat Florida 70 to 52. Uh, am I right, Colin? That was well, they, no, they lost. They lost, but they still they were up. Oh, they lost. Late. There we go. And Florida Sorry. had to hang seventy to beat them. Sorry, the way that that private message was typed, it said Sanford, Florida in 2021, 752. I no, that was that game was awesome because uh, defense was optional in twenty twenty one as well. So, and that would have been the end of the Dan Mullen era, correct? That was that was Dan Mullen. That would have been the last year on, Dan, on his on his way out. Yeah, that was a great recruiting pitch for a guy who did not like to recruit from yeah, right. <laughs> from Dan Mullen. But yeah, and just to get back in the twenty four seven. Oh, actually, wait, I almost forgot. But yeah, do a little score predictions. Uh, Tar, you kind of did a little little time span of what you think it's going to be, but let's let's narrow it down a little bit. Let's get weird. Let's go fifty four thirteen. Daniel, give me a nice round forty five to twelve. 45 to 12. Is that four field goals or is that six mm-hmm. safeties? Yep. Is that two touchdowns? Four field goals. Nope, yep, six safeties. Lock that in. <laughs> <laughs> Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford just taking a knee in the end zone. At the, in the the rare one-point safety comes into effect. Dude, I want to see it so bad. I don't want to miss it when it happens. Uh, I'm going to say – I'm going to say a nice 55 to, let's say, nine. I think Sanford gets his double digits. Yeah, 55-9, maybe. That's a W for maybe. Them. Yeah, I, I think scoring points is a W. I, I, I think what they did against Georgia last year, I mean, I, I said I'm not a huge fan of like moral victories in football games, but when it comes to like going like facing the Giant and you keep them under 40, which is not right. a, something a lot of teams did last year, i.e. Uh, the one written across my forehead right now didn't do that, uh, that's huge. And 33-0 is a pretty small margin for an FCS team to play a team who's on the top of the sport right now. Sure. As much pain as that brings for me to say that every time it has to come up. But just to go back to 24-7, a little bit of recruiting going on. And let's start off, you know what? Let's start off with Auburn getting their first five-star recruit of the 2024 class in Keaton McNutt, the number four long snapper in the country. That means Auburn now has two of the best long snappers in the country. One is the number four. The other one is a four and a half star. I believe 12 is where I got Bro, that. J.R. Buckner. He's got to get an NIL deal from McDonald's. <laughs> that's, that's the funniest thing you've ever said. I'm telling you all right now, I'm going to say this on the show. Call me after cut it. I really don't give a shit. Uh, I, would, I would go to the McDonald's in Auburn and order the McNutt. <laughs> Oh, dear God. Uh, sorry, J.R. Buckner is the 17th ranked long snapper in the country. At four and a half stars, uh, and you pick up a guy who, uh, based on Cole's kicking, if you don't know what Cole's kicking is, go look it up. It's actually where they rank these positions, like kickers, punters, and long snappers. Uh, Keith McNutt has been labeled as best and most consistent long snapper in America, a polished snapper who has worked extremely hard to get to himself to this point. Charted extremely well during the Coles Southern Showcase by scoring on all but one of his charted long snaps with an average snap of 
0.68 seconds. Oh, it was he, so close. <laughs> he rips the ball with clean rotation and was dialed in during the live portion of camp. McNutt is without a doubt a power five snapper and one of the better individuals you will meet. The future is bright for this young man and will be an asset for any program in the country. I played some long snap back in the day. This jersey is going to sell. Dude, I'm (laughs) – and he also has one of the best people to learn under too, Jacob Quattlebaum. True. Auburn – so you have J.R. Buckner coming in, Keith McNutt, both to come in and learn from Jacob Quattlebaum. No, I'm mean, in great shape. You're, I'm just saying this jersey's going to sell. You know, I don't care about being running back you. I don't care about being quarterback you. But you know what I do care about? Being, being long snapper university. That's what I care about. And, and placeholder university. Let's not. And placeholder university. Don't Can't forget. Not, the not the two most important positions on any football team, especially 2018 LSU. Yeah, right. Let's let's talk about four-star athlete, uh, Jalewis Solomon, uh, and, and his decision to – List Auburn in his top five. I mean, first, let me let me kind of rope it back in. I'm going to lead this here, and Dylan, I'll let you let you grab this. I just kind of want to rope it back in for a second. The yeah. fact that we're having constant conversations about four star, five star, even high three star battles with Auburn in the top five, top ten. Wow, refreshing. This is nice. Like Auburn fans, you just breathe in that breath of fresh air, <laughs> and, and, and don't exhale because you want to enjoy it as long as you can. So, Dylan, talk to me a little bit uh, about Jalewis Solomon. Yeah, so he's a four-star athlete, and based on what I've heard about him from Wesley McGriff, the DB's coach, he is wanting him to play defensive back, cornerback. Six foot one, 185. He plays both wide receiver and corner. I think he caught like 1,000 – he had 1,000 receiving yards last season and also getting like, like three or four interceptions, I think. But talented player uh, is going to be a huge pickup if he were to come to Auburn. From my understanding, I think Florida State is – is up there with Auburn as the team to beat. I think it's 1A, 1B. Why does that keep happening? Florida State? Is Norvell that good of a recruiter? Yes. Yes, he is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting hostile. I'm, I'm not. No, no I'm you, sorry. you actually are. No, I'm sorry. I just, he was I, really good at Oregon. Yeah, I don't, I'm not disputing that. It's just uh, Nor, Norvell has pleasantly surprised me in the past couple of years at FSU as in, in terms of like oh, yeah. how I've been impressed with, with their kind of t- uptick because he was really on the hot seat for a second there. And they'd be LSU. And then now I think Florida State is one of those teams that you can kind of bet on to be the winner of the ACC and possibly a dark horse for the college football playoff this year. And can't sleep on that quarterback as well, who could be a Heisman dark horse as well. I'm not entirely sure about betting on them winning the ACC. But that, all, all, this, all this to say, a potential great, another great pick up at DB for Auburn. And then if you look at the fact that he has experience on both sides of the ball, I always look at it this way. It's impossible to know – the, the tendencies of a wide receiver as well as someone that can play both ways. I, I, I'm, I'm a huge believer of that. Like, I don't, I don't, I hope my kids never have to play both ways. If they play football, they're not going to have the build because they look at their, their genetic blueprint, not, not great for them. But I don't have to worry about that. Anyways, uh, anyways, uh, I, I'm a huge believer of if you play both ways, you actually bring a lot to the table because you understand on a deeper level, like just football IQ, right? And and that's something that's super, super valuable. And a guy that you can plug and play kind of wherever you need. You know, if someone goes down on injury and you feel on the other side of the ball, you never want to do that at the collegiate level, but you can. Uh, and, and you feel comfortable in, in them being able to compete at at least an average or right there at average level, given this level of talent. Uh, it's just it's just a weapon. And then you saw also another guy you can bring in and go, okay, we think he's going to play here. 
but we can plug them in in a couple different scenarios. We offer him for this position, but there's always the world where, you know, shit hits the fan and, and we need him to, to take snaps elsewhere. And you can. I mean, that's the kind of guys that you want to be able to get to where that's a luxury. You, you kind of just have that reserve. Does that make sense? You want them to get meaningful snaps and, and, and be starters yeah. and, and progress in their specific positions. But a true asset, when you bring in guys that can play all the, a lot of skill positions, your team gets inherently better because they can also make the guys they're going up against in practice better. Yeah, and not only just play um, both sides of the ball, but to play both sides of the ball like extremely well is a huge, huge pickup. And I don't know if he's announced where he's or when he's going to announce his pick. I know we've had a couple of guys who say June 30th is where they're going to be making the pick. Jacon McCroy, McCroy, yeah, McCroy has also announced he's going to be announcing his team on June 30th, the six foot eight offensive tackle, who sadly I'm starting to believe is an Oregon lock. Yeah. So not Georgia, but a Georgia alum, Georgia coaching alum, stealing a top target from the Auburn Tigers. Yeah. Dan Lanning. Uh, something. That hurts every time it happens. Uh, let's, but talk, let's talk about something that doesn't hurt as much. Let's talk about a oh, guy yeah. in Phoenix City. Oh, do I love Central Phoenix City, especially when Auburn is actively recruiting from it. And Known Red Devil fans. I, I'm going to pretend like this is the devil worm thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cameron Coleman. If you know, if you don't know his name, get to knowing it. He is the number one overall player in the state of Alabama, number four overall wide receiver in, this, in the entire country. He is a five-star wide receiver, and on three, currently as I've predicted to pick the Auburn Tigers. And being the number one t- player in the state of Alabama, I just want everyone to know, Auburn's gotten real close. They've gotten the second-best player, third-best player. They've had the number one player in the country all the way up until signing day. One of them being George Pickens, the other one being Reuben Foster, first one to come to mind. Uh, Reuben Foster played at Alabama for three or four years with a giant – Auburn sign on his arm. So that's cool. Uh, the last time Auburn got the number one player instead of Alabama was 07 with Michael McNeil. Uh, and I'm fairly certain that he was decent. I don't think he was like all that great. Uh, but you got Bo Nix throughout the years was like number three player. Uh, I think it was the most recent Auburn's been like up there. 2018, though, I think. 2018 was the class I looked at. I think Auburn like popped off in the top 10 of Alabama. But overall, if Hugh Freeze gets Cameron Coleman, oh boy. Yeah. Buckle up. Because recruiting is hot and it's early, but you start making a little bit of assumption on who the better recruiter is between Hugh Freeze and the last two coaches that Auburn has had. But it's really a two horse race. Yep, continue. (laughs) I mean, true, true, but. It's better to win, be the first out of three than just being the first out of two. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> and you know what? It's time to bring the intern on. Uh, Tar, you want to start off the jingle? Oh, I'm so ready. It's Bagman time? It's Bagman time. Oh, my gosh. It's time for In His Bag. In His Bag. In His Bag with... Byersdorf. Come on up here, Colin. How's it going, y'all? Hey, going never better right? than seeing your face. <laughs> oh, hell Yeah. <laughs> Colin, Colin, let us let us all know who is in their bag right now. Okay, so in his bag, former former Auburn player today, it's Caleb Kim making his reality TV debut on The Bachelorette tonight. <laughs> I mean, I have not. Okay, so full disclosure: after we record this, I'm going to watch The Bachelorette. 
I need okay. someone to give me the whole breakdown. And I know Dylan, you used you made a really cheesy graphic, and I need to see it. I need yep. to see it right now. And with the Caleb Kim being the bag man, we are going to start the first segment of hopefully many down the line. The college eloped. Welcome to the first installment of the college eloped. We are going to be following Caleb Kim throughout his journey to get charity to be the one on the bachelorette season 20 of the bachelorette. This is awesome. Yeah. Caleb Kim killed it. Uh, He owned every shot he had on camera. When you saw him, you knew he was, he, he held the power in his hand. He, he killed it. So explain to me, Colin, what, what exactly did Caleb Kim do? So he did, he did a really good job. Um, We got to see him because he was tall. So they broadcasted his height. Okay. But they didn't broadcast much of anything else about him. Uh, he said one word the entire episode, and it was uh, Charity, the Bachelorette's name. So he's he's big balling. He got he got the rose. Um, he was the got last... the Auburn connection. It's all you need. He was one of the last five people to get the rose. Explain, yeah, he explain the rose to me in like football terms. Okay, all in right. football terms. All right, so you know what you're. Ooh. It's like picking a captain. You, oh, like, okay, okay. you like go through and you're like, you got, you got like a set number of players and you're like, hey, you're a captain, you're a captain. And you get to the last like, the last like two seniors and you have one captain badge left. Okay. You gotta, okay. you gotta pick one. I, I get it now. I'm, I'm, I'm on the same way. <laughs> yeah. And Colin, you didn't do it justice. Uh, he, as soon as he showed up on the screen, he talked. Now, the first time you see him is the first time he talked. And it's also the last time he talked because <laughs> he hits you with a charity. And that was it. Did not say a word the rest of the episode. Had, I think, maybe... He's not in his bag that he didn't even speak. Dude, Listen, even... and he he still got the rose. <laughs> I mean, that, that feels like MVP numbers. He doesn't even need to talk to the girl. One word, all he needs. Efficiency numbers are unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, the best efficiency of any Auburn player you'll ever see. You, you can't coach that. He, he no. is the key role player. He's like the, I don't want to say Brian Scalabrini of the team. He's like, doesn't get the recognition he deserves, but he got the ring anyways. And hopefully we'll see later on down the road, Caleb Kim getting a ring for charity. Hopefully fingers crossed. But I think all in all, he had maybe we are in agreement, seconds though, of screen time. That if Caleb Kim wins this, that is an Auburn championship, right? Oh, for sure. Like, put, it, hey, put it in the hey, Raptors. Yes. Okay. Okay. As long, as long as we all understand that we're hanging the, uh, Hanging the banner, the Bachelorette banner. Uh, we almost had the Bachelor banner a few years ago, but Maddie Pruitt knew that Pilot Pete was a jackass. <laughs> Didn't know basketball, and and we did have that horrible scene of them making out on the floor at, uh, at Neville Arena. But that's neither that's, there. That's not remember the of the bad seasons. This is a new season of the Bachelorette. <laughs> the that's ultimate the Auburn approach. <laughs> this is Auburn trying to get hitched with Auburn. And now, if they Auburn deprive team. me of an Auburn date episode where they kiss in front of the lathe, I'll be upset. Well, Auburn fans, go ahead and shield your ears because you're, I'm probably going to offend you for a second here. But how hilarious would it be if I assume that they it's like a like a battle royale kind of deal? Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> basically, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I assume. So, well, how funny would it be if like Kim makes it to like the second to last episode and just chokes? Just <laughs> chill out there. Just chill out. Just chill out. <laughs> Um, it's pain. I'm already doing a lot of pain. Or, or he peaks too early in the season of the Bachelorette. 
Mm. Sasha, let everybody know. I have never watched The Bachelor. I've never watched The Bachelor. I haven't either. This is the first episode where I have been actually watching it. And with Caleb Kim being involved, I treat it like a football game. I, like in the last <laughs> three seconds, you the kicker's lined up. I'm like standing up, squatted down, waiting. I was like, are they going to give it to him? Are they going to give it to him? And then Charity finally goes, there's three Caleb's on the show, by the way. And she so, said, it is Caleb horrible, A, right? Caleb like, B, and then horrible, like, right? huh? The show is horrible, right? Oh, it's not fun to watch. Okay. But at the end, it's like the fun part because they're all tense. And then you're just like, she goes, Caleb A, Caleb oh, S. it's like watching Big Ten football. Yeah. And then you're like sitting there waiting. There's, five, there's four roses left on the table. And then she goes, Caleb K. And then I threw my laptop to the side, stood up, and go, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I just won the biggest game of my life. All right. So this season's going to run about six, seven, eight weeks, right? I have no idea. Uh, probably more. Probably more than that. Okay, so let's all make a pact that we will do a live watch party with our with everyone on YouTube if Caleb Kim makes it to like the last few episodes. Oh, easy, one hundred percent. That'd be so fun. <laughs> I'd be down. I'd be really down. Um, just just some dudes. We'll get some like white wine. Just like four dudes just watching The Bachelorette. No worries. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Colin, I'll let you go ahead and go back to your. Deep dark depths. Wait, not before I compliment his mustache on my bear. I love the mustache. Keep it. Oh yeah. Well, it's it's coming along. We'll see what what happens. I I, I think you never look better. All right. See you. Later. Hell yeah. All, All right. right. I'll see you, boys. See ya. Oh, everyone. This I has been the this has been the first and last installment of the college elope. This now back a, to the college loop podcast. It's simply not the last installment, by the way. It's just not happening. Uh, <laughs> Are we just gonna watch every Bachelor and Bachelorette season just do this? Oh, you mean this year is gonna be the only installment? Well, until we get another Auburn player or Auburn person. Yeah, no, I'm with you. We're on the same wave. All right, continue. Yeah, uh, just a little schedule update. We're gonna be moving the position by position breakdown to the Sunday episode, and Thursday we're gonna start with something a little, little spicy. We're calling it theoretical Thursdays. We're gonna be looking at different timelines that Auburn football, basketball, baseball could have gone in at any given time. Where could the Auburn Tigers have been had Joseph Gonzalez not got hurt this year? Those are going to be kind of the episodes you're going to get from us on Thursdays, and I think that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to get hopefully a lot of engagement because I think a lot of people have different pathways that each thing could go. Sure. I'm, I'm with you. I'm pumped. I'm really excited. Yeah. But, yeah, that ends the football segment. And, Tar, I'm going to let you do your little little transition to the basketball. Yeah, let's flip over to the hardwood. We've got our 2023 and 2024 SEC home and away opponents. Home and homes. So, so teams you'll play a series with, you could either sweep, get swept, split, whatever. Alabama, Georgia, we're used to that. Ole Miss, we're pretty used to that. Mississippi State, that one's been kind of a, a constant in, in, in years past. And then Vanderbilt this year. Uh, home and uh, – home and, uh, excuse me, let me try that again. Just home opponents. UK, LSU, South Carolina, Texas A&M. Away opponents and strictly away, Arkansas, Florida, Missouri, and Tennessee. Okay, guys, just initial reaction. Where are we at circling games? What, we don't have a schedule. I, I get that. But what games are we circling, uh, whether that be for, for whatever reason? Daniel, what you got? Well, I just first kind of want to propose a thing that I'm going to be taking live betting odds on. I went to the Auburn-Tennessee road game my freshman year, vowed I was never going back to Knoxville. I went to the Auburn-Tennessee road game my sophomore year, vowed I was never going back to Knoxville. Will I make the trip my junior year? You tell yes. me. 
Yeah, you will. He's going to be. You all right. <laughs> uh, you will. I will not. I'll let you have all the fun in the world. I yeah. don't show my fandom a ton on here, like in an extroverted way. I freaking hate Tennessee basketball fans. They're the worst. They're the absolute worst. I, I mean, they're, they're horrible. And uh, Knoxville's a dump. So there's that. Um, any Tennessee fans that are getting pissed off that are happening somewhere across the college loop, welcome to the loop, baby. Your town sucks. It literally smells bad. Um, are we still allowed to curse on here? Huh? Are we still allowed to curse on here? Yeah, we're still allowed to curse on here. Uh, Colin, get ready to do some work. Yeah, anyways, <laughs> well, that is actually a good segue, though, Dylan. I have the Tennessee road game scheduled for this year. Yeah. That, that's going to wind up being a big one. There are you, – you've got to win at home. I mean, we, we know this. Uh, you've got to take care of your, your your business against Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt. Yeah, the, those back group right there, you've got to win against South Carolina. You've got to take care of business against LSU. Kentucky and AM are your two leadway home losses, in my opinion. Um, those are, you're going to have some leadway. Want to beat Kentucky at home. I, I'm, I have a very high expectation for UK this year. They recruited really well, they retained a lot of people. Um, they're going to be a solid program. The Alabama road game, you want to you want to kind of capitalize on what I think is going to be a down year for Alabama. That's important. But Tennessee is one of those. Arkansas is one of those. I think the Hogs are going to be front runners for the SEC this year. I, I just I think that it's going to wind up being Arkansas, UK, Auburn, and Tennessee. I think it's going to that, that's what how that's going to shake out. I would not be surprised if Texas A and M is in that mix. I'm just just throwing that out there as well. So that all all that to say. I think that you're, you're circling away. You're circling Tennessee and Arkansas. At home, it's a, just a giant highlighter streak of winning all your home games. But <laughs> most importantly, Kentucky, Alabama, and a and I mean, that's just just so, so, so important. If, yeah. if you had to travel to a and I'd be like, yeah, okay, you're really, really, really way there. But you've got to take care of business. Buzz is literally a buzzsaw for Auburn basketball team. Yeah, I think Auburn is now on a four-game losing streak to the Texas a Aggies, I believe. Four or five? Four? And you cannot speak on how lucky Auburn is to not have to play them twice this year. <laughs> no, 100%. It's, it's, it's only three, by the way. Is so it not, not to be that guy, but it's only three. Oh, uh, are we counting the SEC tournament loss? Yes. And oh. the final loss from 2021? We only played them once in 2021, 2022. 2021, we lost, uh, Auburn lost to them in the SEC tournament. And they got that was 2022. In the 2022 SEC tournament? So, in the 2021-2022 season, they played two times. They played in Auburn on college game day, and Auburn won. Then they played in the SEC tournament, and A&M won. Then they played them twice in the 2022-2023 season and lost both. It is a three-game losing streak. I thought Auburn played them three times this year. We played Arkansas in the SEC tournament this year. Thank you. Thank you. There it is. Three-game losing streak to, to Buzz Williams. Regardless, that team gives them fits. Yeah. And, and our, uh, Texas A&M is just a team you just got to beat, and you got to snap that. Uh, thank you, Colin, for reassuring that it is, in fact, three. My math is incorrect, but it does feel like it has been forever and a day since Auburn has – I mean, it's been over a year, a calendar year and a half since Auburn has beaten Texas A&M. Uh, that's just not going to cut it. Uh, Dylan, Daniel, interested to get your thoughts on other games that you want to circle uh, for the 2022 – excuse me, 2023-2024 slate. Um, obviously anytime you have Kentucky, that's big. Um, I still expect LSU to be down. Um, so that should be a relatively doable game. Um, you gotta beat Alabama at home. You gotta beat Georgia at home. Ole Miss. I know it's a new era with Chris Beard and Wes Flanagan. Um, and Alan Flanagan for that matter. 
Uh, I don't really think that's going to be much of an issue. Mississippi State basketball is the living, walking embodiment of the word mid. Correct. So I'm not concerned about that. Very losable road game. Very losable road game. You're not wrong. Um, same thing with Vanderbilt. That gym is weird. It smells like chicken. Um, you know, and it's, it's hot in there. There's no way. Everything about Vanderbilt basketball when you have to play there is weird. There's sure. nothing that ever goes normal in those games. There's no AC. The, the whole the old Coach K treatment. But, no, you're right. Everything about Vanderbilt screams, you can come here and die. Like, that, sure. that, that is 100% correct. Um, as far as the four road-only opponents, I – man, I think Auburn's going to go up to Columbia and take care of Missouri. Um, yeah, and Daniel's dying a little um, bit. Arkansas, but... I'm, I'm chucking that away as law. Uh, Am I good now? Yeah, there you go. You were cutting out for me. Okay. Cool. Um, Arkansas, I'm checking that away as loss. Florida, we'll see. That's where, Tennessee. I mean, that's where Auburn teams go to die is this one. Yeah, and Thompson Bowling Arena hasn't been good to me. And consequently, I don't think it's going to be good for the Auburn Tigers whenever they play there. And they've got a Bruce Pearl disciple that knows how he does things. Yes. That that Florida hire was fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's a guy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think as a journalist, uh, Ole Miss is definitely the best uh, storyline uh, going into the, both sure. those games. Sure. Because you got the uh, revenge game? Not revenge game for West Lanning, I would say. But no. No. Just a little. The pattern of the princess faces the master. Yes. Uh, Bruce Pearl starting off his, uh, his disciplement chain. Two Bruce Pearl disciples in the SEC now. People are saying Bruce Pearl is the Nick Saban of, <laughs> of basketball. There are people. Uh, but the game I think is the most important on here is I'm, I could say Bama. I could say Kentucky. I could say Tennessee. I could say Arkansas. I think it's Texas A&M all the way. 100%. Uh, Bruce Pearl has to prove that he can beat Buzz, and he has to get consistent at it. Yeah. Uh, Arkansas – uh, that that's a scary place to play. It's another place Auburn teams go to die. It's a it's a lot of place Auburn players have to be worried about because if Arkansas were to win that game, they're storming the court. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. facts. It happens. Yeah. It right. happened last time. <laughs> but it is going to be fun to see what this Auburn team can do with this whole new lineup coming in. Denver Jones, Aiden Holloway, Nia Brim is back. Jay Will's back. Cheney Williams is looking like the truth in practice. Fellas, I don't know about y'all. I feel a whole lot better about this roster construction now than I did a month ago. Oh, for sure. I think I feel a little bit better about this roster than I did last year's roster. Oh, confidently. A without lot better. A lot, without a doubt. Uh, and and the slate, in terms of talent around the SEC, there's a ton, a ton of basketball talent. It's going to be an easier year this year, in my opinion. And it's going to be super, super top-heavy. The SEC is going to be kind of, like I said, a four-horse race, and I think we'll see that come along pretty quickly. I think that Texas A&M will be kind of in that no-man's land between the the powerhouses of the SEC and kind of the rest of the, of the pack that's kind of all fighting for whatever that is, plus Mike White, whoever the hell he's doing in Georgia. And then you've got those four, but it's going to be super top-heavy, but I think you, if you capitalize on the, on the bottom half of your schedule, you're going to lose some dumb games. It happens every single year to every single team. 
if you can minimize, minimize your dumb losses and take care of business in large of what you need to take care of your slate. I mean, guys, the SEC champion may have five SEC losses. Like that, like five or six SEC losses. That that might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're here, since we have a minute or two to spare, if you guys don't mind, since we have minus our um, ACC opponent in the new brand new SEC ACC challenge, which um, non-con opponent do you think poses the most threat? And I mean, I think it's Indiana for me. So SoCal, Southern California. Okay, all right. Um, and, and that's not just because of because of look at Bronny James. That that's right. Mm-hmm. It's not just because of oh. Bronny James. At, Bronny James is playing an offer this year, which I, I don't know. I don't know one's talking about that yet. Um, that that's why that game is probably already that's sold out. Right. Um, it's not because tickets aren't on sale yet. As soon as they do, I will be buying some. Anyways, you better be there at eleven fifty nine a.m. waiting for it. Don't worry, I will be. Anyways, <laughs> um, I think it's USC. Indiana's. A fantastic program, and they're really on the uptick right now. And that's not an easy game. I mean, Auburn's got a tough knock-on slate this year that we know of for, for certain. USC is a complete, complete roster this year for the first time in, in several years. Uh, I mean, they have got pieces that I didn't foresee retain, retaining. Uh, and and, and the, the height-wise, they match up well with Auburn. We saw that this past year when Auburn went and lost in L.A., and there's this whole new level of hype around USC. Now that Bronny is there, there is the element of that. You cannot ignore it. And Bronny's a hell of a basketball player. It's yeah, there's, there's a lot, a lot riding there. Your big favor is that Auburn is at home and that you're playing in Neville arena. If you were going to USC, I would already chalk that one up as a loss. Yeah. Um, I do think USC is going to wind up being the premier team in, in Pac-12 this year. And yes, I'm saying that with the full knowledge that UCLA is still very much alive and well. Also, yeah, because like Arizona's kind of, I think Arizona's kind of a down year. Uh, Arizona's gonna be on, on a downside this year. Sorry to cut you off, but no, you're fine. Um, I'll go ahead and say this too, just for shits and giggles. I don't know that it's crazy to think that USC could sweep, sweep UCLA for the first time in I don't know how long this year because UCLA is missing some pieces that are not returning. They're still gonna be very good, but that team in LA, man, they're, they're gonna make some noise this year. And that's, I think, unequivocally the toughest opponent for, for Auburn. And 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 non-con outside of that, Indiana for sure. And yeah. we'll see who Auburn draws in the SEC tournament. Uh, Before we move on to baseball tournament, I just want to let you know I looked at the NBA mock draft for next year's draft, and Bernie James to get drafted at like sixteen to the Atlanta Hawks, which would ultimately bring LeBron James to Atlanta as well. So I know that would bring you a little bit of joy going into this season, and you got to hope Bernie James doesn't impress too much going into the NBA draft. <laughs> so That's either here or there. This is not a Bronny James podcast. We are not ESPN. We will not be <laughs> meet writing. The hey, if we say Bronny James enough, we'll get put on YouTube, like, homepages all over the place. You're probably right. You're probably right. We're not going to, but we could. I'm, yeah. very, excited. I'm very excited for that game. The energy is going to be rocking. Oh, dude, it's going to be packed. Do we have time for one more very quick basketball question? Go for it. Who's your prediction for your um, RS? Or who is your prediction for Auburn's ACC opponent? I have no idea. And if, they're, if, they're going, if they're going to go top to bottom in terms of what makes the most sense from a year ago, uh, Miami top heavy. No, probably not Miami. Probably Syracuse. Oof. Probably probably Syracuse. Uh, orange versus orange jerseys, please. Orange versus yeah, let's orange. Let's make it happen. Let's just let's just make it happen. <laughs> uh, who would I like to see Auburn play? A given to Duke or, or North Carolina. 
new blood versus blue blood, right? I, I, I I'm predicting blue I'm blood predicting meaning Auburn, Virginia. blue blood meaning North Carolina. Predicting UVA. Yep. Oh, good God. Yeah. If, if, if Auburn draws U, uh, UVA and UVA has to come to Neville Arena, pray for the safety of that organization. Auburn fans are not a violent group. I'm talking about their mental sanity. They might want to bring some psychiatrists with them. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. Bringing in a team that definitely double dribbled. I'll go a step further. <laughs> I'll go a step further with that before we, we talk about our next – Our I think we're going fan question next, which is super, super – we're going, we're going baseball. Baseball, okay. We're, we're wrapping gonna, up with a fan question. Thank you, I'll Gloria. Go, I'll go here, and then I'll take us over to baseball, Dylan. If Auburn draws UVA and – UVA has to play at Neville Arena. That ticket, will, those that average ticket cost will be double anything that for the rest of the season, whether that be UK or Alabama, it will be close. And, UVA, and that, that includes Ronnie James coming. They better ask for a neutral site game if they play Auburn. Yeah, you might want to be asking if not even the State Farm Arena is not safe. Like you might want to see if you could play wherever the Charlotte Hornets, like that Spectrum Center. Yeah, there you go, Spectrum Center. Let's talk baseball. And and kind of uh, kind of go through some 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 motions there. Edward Julian, number seventy prospect in all of baseball. I'll talk about talk about shit that I didn't have on on my bingo board, but there it is. Good for him. No, I mean he's been he's been great for the Minnesota pipeline and great in, at, at the big league level. Uh, Ryan Bliss, a twenty twenty three Series XM All Star Futures Game birth. He's been tearing it up out in Amarillo, which oddly enough, like I have a couple of friends that work for that organization. They're like, do you know this guy? I'm like, I don't personally, but I got to watch him tear it up in college because that guy's awesome. <laughs> and they're like, did you know that he's a really good player? I was like, yeah, no, I knew. Like we, we, we have known. We all knew. <laughs> <laughs> We've known Ryan Bliss is special for a really, really, it's a really good time, a really long time. Uh, wanted to mention my little spin zone, by the way. Congratulations to the LSU Tigers. Uh, SEC baseball just means more. I keep my every time I make an SEC homer claim, boys. I've been backed up. That's like the only thing that's been backed up for all my takes all year. <laughs> um, that just goes to show how good uh, SEC baseball was, how good LSU was. Transitive property says Auburn's national champions. By the way, yeah. If you did, were not around, uh, Auburn uh, gentlemen swept LSU. If you uh, look at that, yeah, that happened. And Auburn also run ruled the national champion. So <laughs> hang the banner. Yeah, uh, so down. Yeah, I, that's all. That's all. I have it's to gonna look great on the official Green Monster, on the Green Monster. It's gonna look great. That's right. It's <laughs> just twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three national champion because we beat LSU. Yeah, that's fine. that's fine. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I, you can Red Sox Nation all you want. I don't really care. I'm not the one picking beef about the Green Monster. I'm 100 percent fine with the uh, transitive property. Also, I love math. My little work squad that nobody cares about is an Ole Miss alum, LSU alum, and an Auburn alum between the three of us. So bacon, bacon logic tells us Ole Miss in 22, LSU in 23. Just saying. Bacon, bacon logic, is, it's right there. I care. So thank you, Daniel. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. It. You follow my science, don't you, Dylan? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. You see the formula. I'm all for it. <laughs> whatever it, whatever it takes <laughs> i will find any loophole i can i mean we're 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 the spin zone kings here so if oh yeah if Auburn makes it to omaha next year i propose that the college loop goes out there and does an episode live from Rockos. we've yeah, got that was, to that was probably the plan this year if yeah. things had gone a little bit different yeah no, that's that's no question that but you say you're king of the spin zones i'm gonna spin zone it to softball 
where two Auburn transfers have announced their destination, starting off with Jesse Blaine announcing her transfer to Mississippi State. And, of course, yes. what? Mississippi State, yes. Okay. Uh, and Denver Bryant, of course, going to South Carolina, where, and that's it's it's tough that four players transferred, three of them stayed in conference, and the other one went to the team that ended the season for the Albert Tigers. But I will shout out Denver Bryant because I I want to play it. I got to play this clip because she's the reason that this clip exists. And here it is. Oh, ah, walk off. That was your first time hearing that. That is me actively getting excited for a – I think it was a Denver Bryant single that led Auburn to a walk-off over the Missouri Tigers. So, shout-out Denver Bryant, uh, one of my favorite players to ever watch play Auburn softball. Denver Bryant's going to rock out in South Carolina, no problem. Um, Mississippi State needs to just, like, do some kind of happy dance that they got Jesse playing. What a pickup from them. I mean, they are kind of in the trenches right now, and I'm wishing her all the success. Absolutely a fan of Jesse's for, for a long time. Interesting transfer move. I'm not here to speculate. Wherever the best fit for you is best fit for you. That is a metaphorical and literal home run for them. Like, yeah. I mean, that is an awesome pickup for Mississippi State. And a pretty shitty loss for Auburn. So. I will say Auburn did a good job of replacing both Jesse Blaine and Aspen Godwin yeah. by picking up Amelia Letch and Anna Wollers for That's the right. transfer portal. The number That's two cool. and number four catcher in the transfer portal. So huge pickup for the Auburn Tigers for them and wishing the best of luck to all the Auburn Tigers that have left the program, whether that be for Carly McCondishy and uh, Maya Inkelkees who are going into their careers and Brie Ellis in Arkansas and Lindsay Garcia Clemson, even though I don't care for Clemson's fans very much. It's so, it's so funny that you said going into their careers. It's so weird to say that for some sports, isn't it? Like it's, it's so odd. Yeah. There's a, Young man plays for Florida. And I was watching the College World Series yesterday, and this is super applicable and makes I, I think relevant to everything, and makes everything like human. They were talking about you know this young man has accepted a job with a uh, with a sports agency firm uh, doing marketing for them, and had told everyone you know this is it, like I'm done with baseball after this. And and some people think he could have been drafted late round, and he said I'm at peace with it. And uh, then they were asking him if his teammates were going to be some of his first clients, some of the guys that are going to the big leagues. And I was like, wow, man, like it is really weird. Sometimes we forget this. Like these kids are, are going to get college degrees and get jobs. Like a lot, so many of them don't go play professional ball and there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's just super, super weird for us to be like, Oh yeah. Well, if you don't remember, Andres Carlson took a job with, I think Delta airlines before he came yeah. back for another year. Now he's, the Green Bay Packers, I think he's the Green Bay Packers starting. As Nick Rollins. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, that's is, that is a lot. Of, it's weird to think about whenever you're like, dang, these people will actually like, go out and get jobs after you cranking home runs over the wall. Like, I just thought that was kind of a cool story. Like, like they, were, they played the little interview bit with him, and he's like, yeah, no, I'm totally at peace with it. Like, I'm, this has been an awesome run. I got to go to the College World Series in my last game, you know, win or lose, whatever. Obviously, Florida winds up, winds up losing to LSU. Um, but him, him saying, yeah, I mean, like I'm, I start work on, on July 1st. <laughs> I was like, dude, what? <laughs> like, my man, my man is trading in the cleats for his, you know, business casual and happy hour. Like, this is crazy. That's reminds me of NCAA 14. Whenever you have like a dude that you've like won all these awards with and all this stuff, he's like 99 overall. You're like, oh, this guy's going number one in the draft and you're like headcanon like you already have it all planned out where he's going and then it says it, like you scroll through declared players and you like he's not up there and you scroll yeah. to the bottom and it's like it's like 
whatever's like first name, last name, nine and overall linebacker graduation. You're like, yeah, what? <laughs> I always like hire them head cannon to be like, oh, that's my linebackers coach next year. Then there he is. Because <laughs> they're like, what the what, dude? <laughs> but with that, we're gonna go to our fan question. And Gregorio, I gotta say, dude, I love you so much. You make my job so easy when you keep hitting us with bangers like this. I'm going to throw it up on the screen. At Gregorio Duran, 3355, hitting us with a what's y'all's favorite I'm him moment from this past year in all sports. And it's worth mentioning his was a great answer. Matty Pinta uh, shutting down all runners and saying, I'm Matty Pinta. I'm sorry, but I am. Uh, Which... He stole my answer, but I'm gonna let him have it because I, I I found another one. Uh, but Tar, I'll let you start it off. Darion Goborn's last routine as a senior. That was a how do I how do I phrase this surreal one as as a spectator. Like I'm, it, ooh, to be completely candid, like kind of emotional reflecting about it. I mean, it was there were tears uh, from a lot of people, like happy tears. Our last routine at Neville Arena. Um, Auburn already won the meet. You know it's over. You, you know you, it doesn't matter. And Darion just goes out and just does what Darion does. Walks off the mat like the badass that she is. Um, and we're all sobbing. Um, and uh, there, there's I mean, in the best way. Like, holy, wow, she was her her entire career. And my favorite thing about Darion Goborn, who's quite possibly, if not my favorite Auburn athlete of all time, next to well, my own Papo. Uh, like one of my favorite Auburn athletes of all time, just her walking off with the comp- same confidence that she walked out on the mat, on the mat every single night, walking out to God save the queen. Her, her, her senior year was pretty damn hard. That was pretty damn cool. Uh, and uh, I think that that's, that was my, I'm her moment. Like, wow. Wow. And that I also helped help my girlfriend fall in love with the gymnastics too. Cause she went, absolutely ballistic she's a supposed georgia fan by the way and she went ballistic when darren goborn walked out to god save the queen and tar was there he saw she yeah i was also screaming like a little girl yeah and it's gonna go crazy whenever she does places a crown on her head when she wins every wwe matches she is in ever uh daniel what is your favorite i'm him moment from this past year so I, I had to think uh, kind of hard about this because I didn't want to take uh, Gregorio's. And then the one you said was uh, – or the, yours, Dylan, was mm-hmm. in my mind as well. But after thinking on it throughout the episode, this just kind of makes me laugh. Before John Cohen had likely unpacked a single box in his office, kicking Brian Harson out of all. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great answer. That is a fantastic answer. I wish I thought of it. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my God. Colin, can you please, please, please uh, quote graphic me for that one? I never get quote graphic. Please, this one time yeah, I'm that asking. One, that one's getting quote graphic. Oh, yeah. That's happening. <laughs> I'm gonna throw on, Dylan, before you go, I'm going to throw in an honorable mention because yours is good. Um, Cadillac Williams. Yes. Texas A&M. Uh, yep. Texas A&M. And let's go play ball. Let's go play ball was one of the most badass. I mean, that is like as as a fan, emotional on so many levels. Um, 
guys, I was one of the in my 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 experience since being an Auburn fan or you know being in the Auburn community since 2015, 16, that was the most passionate and emotional moment I have probably ever experienced um, as 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 in, in, in Auburn, Alabama, in the athletic realm. I shouldn't say passionate and emotional experience in Auburn, Alabama. Period. I did meet a lot of my life there, so hopefully, she doesn't hear that. But <laughs> but that was one of those. Oh my god. Like this guy doesn't realize how him he is, but he is he is him. Yeah, for all moments in my Auburn fan career that I've cried watching an Auburn game, I've never had the opportunity to cry about winning the fourth game of the season in week ten. And it was awesome. But when Cadillac came up for his post game post game interview, my whole entire house was quiet because we had just look what this dude just did to this team in a matter of two weeks. And the way you can just tell how much he loves Auburn at that moment, always be with me. And I think Cadillac is in that group. If I had a Mount Rushmore people who could, make, who could like tell me to run through a brick wall and I would go do it. Uh, Cadillac, Takeo Spikes, Tim Tebow, and Ray Lewis are all in that group of people. Because uh, if you've ever played Madden 13, or I think it's Madden 13, Madden 25, the one with Ray Lewis at the beginning, that <laughs> that speech at the beginning of that Madden game, dude, I I was winning every game by 60. I was like, I'm not giving up a point. <laughs> All right, Dylan, your favorite I'm him moment. My favorite I'm him moment. And let everyone let everyone know, y'all picked. Uh, Daniels wasn't a game, but it was a huge W. <laughs> Tar, you picked a, a winning match for yours, too. It was a great moment, too. Just remember, this is a moment. Not the game, not how the game ended, but a moment in the game. So the first drive of the Penn State game, uh, ending doesn't matter. Talk about the moment. Just cannot emphasize that emote. Owen Papo coming up and laying the hammer down on Penn State, causing a fumble. I I just blanked on his name. Why did I Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford. I don't know how I forgot his name. He's been playing for 37 years. But Owen Papo just laid Sean Clifford out, forced the fumble, set the tone for the first two minutes of the game. Uh, then everyone, uh, uh, coaching reasons uh, aside, uh, the game did not go in anyone's favor that was wearing orange and blue. There was uh, a meme from that that said, uh, Sean Clifford just got big red dogged. <laughs> that's awesome well after that hit something awoke in sean clifford because he played like the best quarterback that played the best game at quarterback that he's ever played in his oh, career that reminds me are y'all familiar with adam brenneman no yes okay all right so basically tar he's a former penn state tight end uh, he has a podcast um former power five tight ends coach as well he had an episode with um drew dylan help me out aller aller yeah yeah um, Penn State's next quarterback. He was the back their, this their year. championship quarterback that's coming up. Yeah, um, and he uh, Adam asked him about Sean Clifford, and he said, "Dude, in the Auburn game, like when I knew this guy was a dude, is when he got up from that hit and said, all right, 'All we're winning this fucking game.' Dang that's, it, Dan, quit cussing. That's a sorry. That's a direct, direct quote. I'm okay with that one. Okay, <laughs> uh, Colin. Before we before we end the show, do you have an I'm him moment at all? Why don't you come back up here? <laughs> If you have said moment. Yeah, I would have just talked about the Cadillac um, Texas A&M game. That was my my craziest Auburn experience, period. I was um, lucky enough to be down there on the field 
wow. just having him run past high-fiving everyone in the student section. Um, I don't think for me there's another Auburn memory that tops that. Just seeing how unified the student body was in that moment and that we had all just come together. Yeah, it was special. In that moment, he truly was him. I mean, he still is him. We were all behind the whole, if we can't get the guy that we want, uh, I am A-OK with keeping Cadillac around as the head coach. Yeah, And And you know one of my favorite things about him? If you were to tell him he's him, he'd be like, I'm not him. Everyone else is him. I'm not him. Yeah, which is why he's him. Right. He's an S-tier dude, an S-tier player. He's an S-tier coach. Is an S-tier coach. Just – he, he is Auburn through and through. I yeah. don't think anyone – there's very few people that actually, like, you're like, that's that's an Auburn Creed man right there. Right. Cadillac Williams is the definition that's of right. the Auburn Creed, and I cannot stress – I love that this show is now ending with Cadillac Williams getting the respect that he deserves, earned, is getting, always going to get, because that is an Auburn man through and through, and I don't think anyone – can love Cadillac, but the Auburn fan base and Auburn family loves Cadillac Williams. Well, hopefully the Auburn family loves Colin Byersdorf as much as, uh, as we do. So Colin, let everybody know where they can find you. Love you, support you. Yeah, just, just follow my Twitter um, at Byersdorf Colin. It's B-E-Y-E-R-S-D-O-R-F Colin. Colin, 1L. 1L, Colin. I was going to put that one. Daniel, you're up. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. My written work, 40 Auburn Wire, and maybe another outlet coming up soon. There you go. I'm Harris Sitar. I buy Harris Sitar on the Bird app. If you are not already like subscribed and have not rung the bell yet for the College Loop, what are you waiting on? This is your sign. We got 300 subs. You guys are freaking awesome. We appreciate the hell out of every single one of our listeners. You guys are family to us, and I mean that sincerely, especially those of you guys who have been there from the jump. Cannot appreciate you guys enough. Love all of you, though. Our new listeners, welcome aboard. Super, super excited to have you guys here. I think we're going to have a handful of new ones of you guys here in the next couple of days. Very, very excited to welcome uh, a whole new community. That's as much as we can say right now. But we've got some super, super exciting news uh, that we will hard launch on the Thursday show. I'm going to be on the Thursday show. So I'm, I'm very, very excited to be a part of that. And uh, that's that's all I got, Dylan. Uh, I, I, yeah, get us out of here, man. And since I'll be on the Thursday show, remind y'all, Thursday show is going to be Theoretical Thursday. So if y'all have any like cool little theoretical things you want us to talk about, let us know in the comments or leave some questions, and we'll be glad to answer them. Gregorio is stealing everyone's thunder, because if you're not being like Gregorio, what are you doing? So you should go ahead, just go ahead and like, subscribe, go ahead and comment, and click the link in, or not the link. I keep saying the link. Go ahead and go to my Twitter. At you boy the tank on Twitter, that is. And it's just right there. It's right there. You can just at you boy the tank at Y A B O I the tank. And if you want to follow College Loop literally everywhere, you got us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and on TikTok too, where you're going to see Daniel do a little dance at some point very soon. That's on my uh, to do list for tomorrow. There it is. And if you want to listen to us, of course, you got us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And with all that being said, Colin, go ahead and get it ready. Uh, This has been the College Loop Podcast.